Welcome, everybody, to AGN News. We have this week the rolling total of the coronavirus that has affected over 20,000 individuals. So please, we want to put an alert out there. One, be safe. And two, order your shrimp local from joeshrimpshack.com. It's not worth importing shrimp. There's too much crazy stuff going on in the world. Make sure your shrimp are clean, healthy, local, and uh, hand-picked by Joe himself. Are you okay, Jim? Uh, we have an anchor down. Oh, Jim, are you Lord. okay? I'm peeing myself over here. We're, how many people are we just offended? I have no idea, but you can use promo code AquariumGuys at checkout for 10% off Corona-free shrimp. Corona-free shrimp, yeah. And then you can drink a Corona while you know acclimating your shrimp. Wow, that's incredible. I, you sat up all night long thinking of that, didn't you? We are not sponsored by Corona. No, not even a little bit. But seriously, guys, check out joeshrimpshack.com. He does have a lot of great shrimp. He is in the metro of Minnesota. It's well worth a check out. 10% with Aquarium Guys. We appreciate it. And let's not forget our charity. Ohio Fish Rescue is... The bomb diggity. They're the bomb diggity. Bomb diggity. They they have been uh, facing all this pain and suffering over their YouTube account getting stolen and still dealing with Google. So please forgive them. They haven't been able to upload a video in a while. But instead, until then, they're doing content on Facebook... So go to their Facebook page for Ohio Fish Rescue to keep yourself updated on their content. And go to their website, OhioFishRescue.com. Give them a buck. Give them a call. Tell them you love them. Tell them. Let's kick that podcast. Welcome to the Aquarium Guys podcast with your hosts, Jim Colby and Rob Zolson. Hey everybody, how's it going out there in La La Land? We are coming live from you in central Minnesota. Actually, we're northern Minnesota. Yeah, it's yeah, cold enough. Northern Minnesota. Northern Minnesota. I'm sorry, I lied to you again. That's I peed I outside and it froze. That's northern Minnesota. What yeah. froze? I don't feel anything anymore, so that's, I'm unsure. <laughs> that's best. That's best. Hey, who we got on this week? Well, first of all, you have to introduce yourself. I'm Jim Colby. I'm Rob Zolson. And I'm Adam Elmashar. So this week, we have a special guest that, uh, you know, frankly, I was really lucky to get. So we had a prior guest. The guest canceled. You know, that happens a lot. You try to set these up weeks in advance, and sometimes life happens. You know, you get a cancellation. But I was able to land a, dare I say, even better. In so today, we're going to do a technological podcast on, you know, computing and how to use actual smart controllers for an aquarium. And there is none better than Brandon. And what do you call your company? Is it Leviathan? You're doing a Kickstarter campaign. First, tell us your name and about yourself. Yeah, um, well, thank you for having me on, first of all. Not listened to a ton of episodes yet, but I've been a huge fan of what I have listened to. I'm excited to be here. The board itself is called Leviathan, and it's essentially just a little post-it note-sized circuit board that can take all sorts of different sensors and give outputs for things things like light control or dosing, take inputs for things like pH sensors and temperature sensors, plugs onto a reef pie and basically keeps my tank running pretty much maintenance-free until I have to do a water change. So I just saw Jimmy's eyes glaze over. So uh, forgive him, <laughs> all right? What the so heck's a reef pie? To explain this, right? It is <laughs> a small it's computer. It's not what you think, Jim. Right. It's, it oh. is delicious, but don't eat I it. I really want to hear what he thinks it is. I thought it's... Never mind. Well, yeah, you got to tell us now. <laughs> he goes, reef pie. I'm just thinking, like, are you throwing in, like, some chocolate pie or some hair pie? No, I can't say that. You got to eat before we do podcasts. <laughs> all right? Frankly, your blood sugar I, crashes and yeah. you get crabby. I'm just going, what, what, what is that? Tell, explain it to me. So the idea is the Reef Pie Project uses what's called a Raspberry Pi, not the food. A Raspberry Pi is a tiny credit card size full desktop computer that they use for small applications. You're just making shit up. It's like a $35 computer. It's just about the size of a credit card. You can plug stuff into it. I have a couple at home. And you use them to automate little things. This is how they first started the uh, smart tools. They put a little Raspberry Pi in them before they built the product. It's a fun little do-it-yourself, really cheap computer. And the goal of the Raspberry Pi was to make sure that anybody can afford a computer in the world. They have special software that turns this little computer, the Raspberry Pi, into a super smart controller for your aquarium. You're just making shit up. No, it controls... <laughs> now, don't quote me on this, because you'll have a whole list for us. And we're going to deep dive into this later, but it controls lighting, it controls micronutrients, it's an entire controller for computers, so we'll get into that. So it controls everything. It does. Kind of like my ex-wife. So, Brandon... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I didn't bring her up last week, and you, you told me... I, I did. Could, you said you can't bring up your ex-wife anymore. I mean, she's getting offended. She's going to put in a cease and desist on us. That's what's going to happen. I don't care. <laughs> So Brandon, Brandon Schreiber, I didn't even do your full name, I apologize. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, perfect. 
That's one of the few times I've heard anyone pronounce it right. Excellent. We have a lot of these weird, you know, SH names in Minnesota. We have a lot of Germans, so. <laughs> yeah, so we just want to let you know that your name is weird. Well, your name is oh, weird. Yeah. So we like I've it. heard U's in it. I've heard Z's. I've heard plenty of different ways so, of pronouncing it. We normally like to spend the first 10 minutes offending our guests. So Absolutely. Here we go. I mean, you called Peyton a Nazi in one of your episodes, so I mean, I, I just figured it's par for the course. I, I, I might have. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Oops. That was the episode I just got done listening to. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. How dare you not start at episode one? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we tell everybody that, that in order to listen to uh, story time, you have to listen to everything up to story time because you don't deserve story time. Story time is oh, precious. Oh, wasn't even from story time. You haven't got that yet? Oh, he did. It was from a different oh, episode. Oh, I did. I did start with that one. Yeah, see, that's you, you ruined it all. I did. We'll get into that uh, whole conversation here in a bit, but we have some some cleanup. So this last month, right, since Christmas, people have been seeing leaks online of these new glow betas, right? They're just like the glowfish, but it's a glow beta because they cannot stop themselves from changing all of our fish into neon disco ball aquarium creatures. <laughs> so if you've ever been online or gone to some subreddits, some aquarium forums... The number one most complained about fish that, uh, that is abused is the beta. It's because betas are super hardy individuals that do not require a lot of oxygen in the water. They get put in cups, and over the years, they have been definitely hardly abused in the aquarium trade. Since then, I mean, it went from shipping betas on wet paper towels to actually now getting their own individual bags and cups. That's so it's, it's gotten better over the years. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> <clears throat> Back in the day, they used to ship bettas. They would lay a layer of wet paper towel. They'd throw, you know, 20 bettas on there. They'd lay another piece of wet paper towel, and they would ship them like Zapped. that, you know, back in the day, you know, when I was Which seven. Live rock better. Yeah, exactly. Wow, absolutely. Okay. And so anyway, now they, they do individual, and uh, uh, about two ounces of water in a bag, and they can live in there up to seven or eight days, but that's inhumane. I mean, you got to get them out of there, and you got to get them fed. But uh, you can get... When, when bettas are shipped in, about the size of a, a flat case of pop, they'll put 300 bettas in there. So we at the Aquarium Guys podcast have been trying to keep up with this because all of these internet forums, all of these groups, they're oversensitive to the abuse that has been going on for generations with betas. You know, betas were originally called the fighting fish because two males will easily fight in small containers. And they, like cockfights in other countries, they use to fight against each other to almost the death or the death just for gambling purposes. So there's been a long history of beta abuse. So all of these websites, you know, they recommend five gallon uh, tanks for these betas. They recommend, you know, have to have heat and they're always super sensitive of people abusing betas. So of course, the, by the time we get to Glowfish, now they're doing betas. There has been the most insane uproar I have ever seen on aquarium forums and heard from different uh, wholesalers that uh, we have to at least talk about it. So we have insider information because, again, we have friends of the industry. We will leave people's names uh, out of it, but uh, we have information on the betas. Please share with us, Jimmy. Well, with, with these bettas now, the the uproar that they're, the backlash that they're getting already about the bettas is unbelievable. They said it, it's probably 10 to 1 compared to what it was just for the regular glowfish. From what I understand, I believe the Petcos of the world are going to have them first. And they're going to be available for 30 days only at Petcos. Um, they kind of have their, what do you call that? Exclusive, Exclusive launch. Exclusive, right. Exclusive launch there. And then you'll slowly see them creep into other... Uh, stores and stuff, but nobody's really in a hurry to bring them in, to be honest with you. And from what I, from what I understand from talking to uh, several different people, even the USDA is really slow to try to get these things uh, passed through because each color has to be inspected and paperwork done and payment made to the USDA to get it approved. So a red one has to have, you know, I don't know how many pages of paperwork. Separate filings. Yep. Then the green one, then the yellow one, then the orange one, and so on. And that's why you see these things when they first come out, you only see one color. And I don't know, we've heard up to four colors of bettas so far, Robs. The only thing I've confirmed is for uh, four colors that I've heard of. And when I say confirmed, like people try to sneak pictures. And you, it's hard to tell if these things are photoshopped because you're looking at a neon fish. They all look fake, you know? Right. But it's rumored to have the four colors, which is the yellow, orange, red, and green. Okay. So, yeah, so there's just a whole lot of backlash and stuff. So you're going to see these things. Uh, I, I We've been seeing stuff with on Petco where they're doing great fanfare and saying glow bettas are here or coming or whatever. But from what I understand from everybody else is that it's, it's going to be slow coming from all the other stores. So if you hate them or love them, it's just going to be a while. It's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens. Well, this week, I have a story, right? 
Gotta, gotta tell, because Jimmy's gonna make fun of me. So I've been working on this uh, aquarium rack of my own. I have nine 10-gallon aquariums that I'm all trying to cycle together, right? So I'm working with PVC piping, and I decide that, uh, you know, Jimmy shows me exactly where to cut, all tips and trays, and then he leaves. And I get super poisoned on uh, glue fumes and uh, screw up on the whole thing. <laughs> I uh, I start getting symptoms. I got to call the poison control hotline. It was hilarious. My roommates are quarantining me to certain rooms to make sure I don't drive and kill myself. <laughs> so what happened, Rob's calls me, and, and Rob will be the first one to admit that he's not really a hands-on guy, but he is willing to learn. And I said, I'll come over and show you how to glue PVC together. You have to put a purple primer on first, and then you have to put on the glue. But I said, you're going to want to vent. You know, if you have bathroom, we're doing it down in his basement. I said, if you have a bathroom... Uh, fan make sure you turn that on so you can suck some of the fumes out of it. he goes i don't have one i said well good luck to you and i, I help him glue the first five or six pieces and rob's down here gluing he gets himself so loaded up on fumes that he freaking starts gluing stuff on backwards i am jack to 11 <laughs> i'm not even gonna lie to you after i got to like the last couple pieces i literally lost my motor skills and just had to lay on the floor <laughs> tell me what else happened so after laying on the floor i'm just sitting there laughing I just, I have nothing to laugh at, but I'm just laying on the floor. I can't really move that well, just laughing. Finally, tried to air out. Like, my roommates started putting on masks. They opened up windows. What else happened? And then I broke an aquarium because I was high. Oh, God. And then tell me what happened. And then I broke another aquarium because I was high. I was done that night. I was over with I life. both empty. Yeah. And, and, well, and, one of them was not really empty. Yeah. It just kind of hit the floor. It, but, uh,. And I call him later. I said, "How you how you feeling? Oh, I'm not feeling very good. Oh, the hangover." And uh, I said, uh, "Did you get sick?" He goes, oh, "I kind of got the diarrhea." And so uh, that's what I was trying to get him to say. So, Rob got the diarrhea from the fumes. Well, afterwards, like you know, looking up the poison control hotline information, paint <laughs> fumes and all these like you know chemical fumes. That is one of the first hard symptoms that you're full, full on you know poisoned. Is oh yeah, it's no joke. Loose incredibly loose stools oh it's a joke when you live live two doors down and you're not here it's pretty funny yeah, he, he's the guy that uh if you get stung by a lionfish he'll be like that sucks doesn't it yep send That's, me a picture exactly right so anyway so rob got this got this done and uh then he broke some more aquariums and so now i've i've uh drilled what two or three more aquariums for him the things i hate to do most and one of our listeners sent us a great piece of advice which i use today and he says when you're tape when you're drilling the tanks put some tape over it like masking tape or duct tape and that will help hold it together so you don't have a crack and i didn't do it on the first one which i cracked but the second one i did it and it worked great so thank you for that uh, little bit of information how do you cool the bit when you're drilling the holes well what we like to do is we take uh plumber's putty and we make a big oval around it then we pour a uh, water in there it's a little pool of water at all times the drill spins in yep and so okay. it spins in and what's kind of nice is you you have to kind of keep hitting it a little bit at a time and when you pull pull out the water's spinning and it will take out all the old uh, glass fragments and whatnot and it kind of spews it off to the side just to make sure it goes in your feet and hands right and right so, so when you when, when you should okay yeah so when you get done you end up having a whole bunch of little tiny glass shards which is kind of like uh, having insulation i don't know if you ever handled insulation but you'll end up with like little fiberglass slivers oh, in, yeah. in your arm and stuff so it's kind of the same thing you got to be kind of careful but you know we only probably uh, out of his nine tank system we probably only broke nine tanks or so total right oh and uh, i want to say that but Rob won that one. I didn't crack as many as he did. This is true. You're you're significantly better at uh, drilling than I am. <laughs> so on other news, we'd like to announce that we will be at the 2020 Aquarium Expo in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It is going to be March 21st, 2020. Uh, not 2021. Jimmy wanted more time, but nope, it's this year. Oh, it's this year? Right. So uh, certainly come down to see us. We're going to have a press booth. We might do a podcast down there we're unsure but we're at least going to try to get some interviews and above all else we want to mingle with our fans i mean that's what it's all about do we have fans yes okay. i do you you just have people that call you arnold yeah i hear that i, I should go on discord and, and defend myself but you know they're all crazy people on discord so fingers crossed all three of us should be there and maybe a couple of our wives so uh come bring your aquarium guys t-shirts you know jimmy will have a marker to sign your butt <laughs> oh yeah no not, i'm not doing that i'm gonna i'm gonna be tattooing people's foreheads I mean... Free of charge, of course. Foreheads, butts. It's whatever the fans want, Jimmy. You don't have a choice in this. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I'm going to do. But only if you're hot. If you're ugly, you don't get your butt signed. That's how this works. Wow. So we've offended all the people with coronavirus. Yeah. And all the people with unsexy butts so far. No, today. we just told them that they don't need coronavirus and they should get their shrimp locally. They should get their right. shrimp locally. So I think that's it for news. I think we had a couple emails, but, uh, you know, we, we'll, we'll keep addressing them as they come in. Hey, I got some news. Do you? So... 
I finally got those bulbs sent out. I thought you were going to say you saved money by your car surgery by switching to Geico. Oh, that lizard? Uh, I wouldn't do no. business. I wouldn't do business with a so lizard. This is why people aren't messaging me anymore, saying, "Where's my plants?" After all, the, this time? the plants have left the building, and they should have them here by the end of the week. So they were mailed today. And this is a, what day is it? Tuesday. So this goes out on Thursday. So they should have them by the end of the week. And Fantastic. So if you see a little baggie of uh, plant matter, it's not your weed dealer. <laughs> it's not your weed dealer. And and anyway, there might be some free coronavirus in there. Uh, you never know. <laughs> this is the worst. I don't know. I don't know. What Did post- people make fun of SARS like this? I, I just, don't know. I don't remember. It's, it's the reason we're everybody making fun of it because it's Corona, like beer. If they could name it something serious, you know, it wouldn't be. But I'm seeing all these like Corona beer memes everywhere. I heard Corona... Uh, you know, was paying $1 million to try to get Bud Light, you know, virus. You know, <laughs> re- right? Renamed, They've yeah. got their scientists on it right, right now. Right now, you know what they do. All so, right. yeah, if you're suffering from coronavirus, I'm I'm sorry. Um, I'm going on a cruise here. Yeah, that's the reason why we're bringing this all up is because we're making fun of Jim. Yeah, I'm going on a cruise here shortly, and uh, everybody's making fun of me. I've been getting, uh, the cruise line's been sending us nonstop information saying they're bringing on an extra hundred and, uh, people just to clean the ship up before. Oh, well, you that's, are so getting sick. That's because you took a dump in the punch. No, I did not. You know, this this cruise, it would happen, though, because this is a pretty crazy cruise. Uh, we got in trouble. We got a little bit of trouble a few years ago when um, this cruise that we go on is a rock and roll cruise. Monsters of Rock Tour, correct? Right, yeah, Monsters of Rock. So if you want Jimmy to autograph something there, see him at the Monsters of Rock Tour. That's right. Monsters of Rock Cruise, 45 bands from the 80s, bands like Tesla, Night Ranger, uh, Lita Ford, uh, all that type of music. Band- that they're going to be playing here in another 25 years in nursing homes. In nursing homes, yeah. Or your local casino for a nickel. But, uh, <laughs> God, you guys just suck. You know, why don't you put on some Backstreet Boys right now and listen to that, you <laughs> little fuck. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to do some editing. Thank you. tag early. No, I, I, lo- I lost my shit. Regardless, how did you guys get in trouble uh, on your last cruise? The last cruise, we uh, Lita Ford was playing, uh, and, and and Lita Ford is wearing chaps and a thong whoa, bikini, whoa, whoa. assless chaps. Assless chaps. It, is there chaps with asses in? I've never seen one, but anyway, <laughs> you clearly go to the wrong places. So anyway, uh, as we pull up in port in the Bahamas, there's two Disney cruises, one on each side of where we're. You know, these boats are 1,500 or 1,100 foot long, 1,500 feet long. And Which boat got the bad side of the chats. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. And so we're, we're parking in between two Disney cruises. And they're not just Disney cruises. I'm assuming, like, I'm trying to paint the picture here in my mind. It's no, it's families. Children. It's children. Right. It's families. And if, you, if you've been, been on any of these ships or you've seen the Disney cruises, they have a huge screen up on top where they show movies for the kids and stuff. So we pull in at 10 o'clock in the morning. Everybody in our boat is lit up like christmas trees and lita ford as we come in were you huffing pvc glue no no but but we were in the bahamas so you could about imagine what was being huffed on that right on boat (laughs) so as we pull up lita ford looks at the sound guy and says turn it up and so we come in like every 16 year old kid into the school parking lot with with the with the bass, you know, just boom, 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 and she is screaming and singing one of her songs, and so all of a sudden you see all these children from the the other crew, you know, they're only parking like forty yards apart, and they can hear us, and you see small children coming on both sides, going, "What's that, mommy?" Lita Ford's just shaking her butt, and she gets all done, and and all, all the moms and dads are sitting there going, "You know, what kind of cruise is this?" And Lita Ford says, "Let's give them the Monsters of Rock salute." And I'm not kidding you, 250, 300 people per side went over and mooned everybody. I'm just trying to imagine. Drop trow and mooned everybody. I'm just trying to imagine like, you know, 300 middle-aged individuals with Harry know, wrinkly liver middle. wart. Middle-aged. Little, liver wart bottoms. Yeah. You yeah, know, Lita getting, Ford is not the youngest person anymore, is Oh, she? no, Lita Ford looks good. She I'm just saying like, good. the audience, you know, mooning, like 300 of these people mooning a boat full of children and having Donald Duck give you the middle finger. <laughs> Donald oh, Duck man. did not give us a middle finger. I would have broke it. So, yeah, they were really impressed when we pulled in. Actually, it wasn't even three years ago. My wife's boss was on a cruise, and apparently we mooned their boat, too. And man, there's got to be some pictures <laughs> yeah, on the internet. So I'm the moral sure of the is. story is for you listeners, Keep your number one, on. if you want to see us in a family-friendly adventure, come to not the Minneapolis <laughs> Aquarium Expo, March 21st. And if you want to see Jimmy trash mooning children, go to the Monsters of Rock Cruise and he will autograph something on you. No, I kept my pants on. I, I did not moon anybody. Lies. That's because Jim serves schools. 
What? With bread. Oh, that's right. With yeah, bread. we got to think about so, that for so, a minute. Yeah, so my, my full-time gig is is that I uh, work for a bread company, and I deliver bread to- You're a bread hustler. Walmart and, and to the schools, and they love me there. Got to get that dough. Yeah. <laughs> God, you're good. I like this guest. Can you're we on. keep him? He's on fire tonight. <laughs> All right, guys, before we kick in, we're going to do the uh, interview here with Brandon. Oh, we're not done? I got to cut you off, man. We, we got stuff to cover here. I already here. gave my interview. Oh, that's right. We got, we have a guest on yeah. tonight. Yeah, we have a guest on tonight. So before we kick off, if you like what you hear and uh, you know want to support the show, number one, support our sponsors. And number two, if you'd like to donate and support us directly, go to AquariumGuysPodcast.com. On the bottom of the website, you'll see a donate link. You can donate one time, month to month. Every bit supports the podcast to help get new equipment and uh, find these great guests. And pay for cruises. And pay- <laughs> does not pay for cruises. Are we going to put some Lita Ford right here? No. Yes, we should put some Lita Ford right here. I mean, what about Backstreet Boys? I never wanna hear you say I want it that way. No, nobody's that gay. So <laughs> I'm sorry, he's from an older school. So Listen, Brandon, how are you how doing? How about we today? put some in sync in too, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing great. All Much right, Brandon. Now. Are you okay? We, we Brandon? need to get this to an educational point of the podcast here. So <laughs> we should start it uh, two hours earlier. For let's that. take this down and uh, let's start with you know Deep what breath. aquariums do you have? Well, I just have the one. I'm in a one bedroom apartment, which is pretty limiting on space. I've got a 55 gallon reef tank off in the corner in my living room. I would like to have more, but uh, yeah, I I also like things like beds and couches. Everything so, in time, yeah, my I have friend. One. Again, live rock full-on mixed coral, or is there a certain specialty you have in your aquarium? Uh, mostly soft, yeah. I have a couple of easier-to-keep hard ones, like the candy cane, those kinds of things. But um, Mostly things like zoas. Perfect. Now, what got you into this whole controller hobby? Uh, I'm lazy. I, I Welcome really... to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> I just have always had an interest in electronics in general, and I like home automation stuff. I realized... My first job when I moved to Knoxville, I would travel out of town anywhere from four to 14 days at a time. And leaving a reef aquarium alone without even an auto top off for 14 days doesn't end well, as I found. So, um, yeah, I, I figured I needed to find a way to fix that. And I wasn't about to pay $800,000, $1,200, whatever an apex is to do it. Essentially, that's the name in the game. If you want to have your saltwater and the saltwater tanks are the ones that people want to begin to automate because they forget so many more things than fresh you have to do especially reef tanks micronutrients in the in the tank and you have to continually test for it so unless you're going to you know not forget every day you're going to have something go wrong in a reef tank and it's not because it's more difficult it just takes a little bit more effort so trying to automate that apex is the name in the game even when we went to see sean he had some apex units large apex units for microdosing. lots of them I don't have Sean money, unfortunately. Yeah, neither do we. Every everything in time. <laughs> so how long how long do you leave when, when you're gone? Uh, from, I mean, how long how long you been running from the law? I'm just wondering. Uh, about three years now, but okay. I, I probably shouldn't go into that. This this is going, <laughs> to be going out live, right? <laughs> so how long you been running for the law? Uh, now, how long do you leave your aquarium unattended? Uh, about two weeks is my max that I've done. I, I get pretty antsy any farther than that uh, even with this going i i trust it i haven't had anything go wrong with it in the entire i guess three years now i've had it running but still two weeks is a long time for something to be wrong in there unfortunately it can't fix stupidity like unplugging a return pump for a water change and leaving it unplugged which i've done we've all been there oh yeah Well, essentially what you've done then with the reef tank is when you leave a freshwater aquarium, you have an automatic feeder and you need, you have the two weeks and then you have to do a water change. So essentially you've matched a reef aquarium's time where you could be away from it to a freshwater, which is pretty incredible using a controller. Yeah. Yeah. Freshwater is where I started and I definitely miss the simplicity of it. I like all of the different options of fish and coral and all that cool stuff, but I don't like being tied to the tank. Yeah, like you said, every day, uh, dropping little drops of calc water in, pouring a couple cups of water in there to top it off after it evaporates. It's pretty time-consuming. 
uh, take care of one manually. So tell us about ReefPy itself. Now, ReefPy is the software that you use to control your aquarium. Yeah, yeah. So ReefPy is a free open source software that a guy named Ranjib Day put together, who's far more technically advanced than I am when it comes to software. I dabble in a few different things, but I, I want to get into more of the Reef Pie development once the Leviathan Kickstarter winds down, but for now I'm more focused on the hardware side of it. But Reef Pie, what it does is sets up an ecosystem on the Raspberry Pi that you had mentioned earlier to where all of the individual input and output pins on there, it tells it, hey, this pin is going to be a temperature sensor. Uh, translate those millivolt readings to a temperature that the person can read or hey this output sensor is going to a outlet and turn that pump off at two o'clock in the evening those kinds of things so it just really gives it a visual representation of what's going on inside of that little microcomputer gives you a way to interact with it without knowing code so a lot of people have used individual uh, automation in their tank over time, like Apex, that does microdosing. Then you have a lot of these expensive light units, which you control from your phone or Bluetooth, that can adjust spectrum or put something on a cycle. Then you have uh, you know, certain types of heaters that can regulate and adjust temperature based on either time of day or certain cycle. They're smarter heaters. And you have all of these pieces individually, but not one system that controls everything. And that's essentially what this is doing, correct? Yeah, yeah. Everything you just named there, uh, the Leviathan can do. Uh, the light control, it has a 10-volt PWM output. Basically, the way LED lights work, uh, to dim or brighten them, it's not actually like a typical bulb where you're just feeding it less voltage. Uh, it maintains the same voltage level, but it sends little tiny bursts of voltage to it. So Leviathan can uh, control the length between those bursts. Uh, sorry, I got, I, I'm going more in detail than I need to. But um, everything you mentioned there, it definitely does and has the capability of doing. So what are the list of features? Because we've heard a couple different ones, but there's a long list that these things can do. So I'm going to name a few, and I'd love you to add to it. Number yeah. one, it does temperature control, which we've we've talked about. It monitors it, and it can turn a heat heater on and off. It can mm -hmm. do auto top off, so you have a little uh, you know sensor and then motor to turn on and off, essentially a hooked-up faucet that you would have to your, your tank to top off the tank from All either right. a reservoir or just fresh off the tap. Mm -hmm. You have a light controller that can not only allow you to control it, but automate certain spectrums of light at certain times of day. So you can completely yeah. simulate the whole morning, noon, afternoon, and night cycles. Yeah, with the Kessels, you can actually control the spectrum and intensity of it. So the color temperature and how bright it is. So it's literally like you're essentially emulating the real world. And, you know, pH monitors, mm -hmm. they have microdosing to monitor the micronutrients into it. What else could there possibly be? That is so much. Yeah, I'd say the main thing that you miss is actually the heart of the system, which is the equipment control, where it can control different outlets for the pumps, heaters, uh, lights, everything that runs off of a typical wall outlet. Uh, you plug that in and it controls relays where you can set them on timers. You can set up pretty advanced custom macros for them. So I have, let me just pull my system up right here. I have a macro called feeding, where instead of me having to go under my tank, unplug heaters and pumps or manually switch them off or anything like that, I have just one button I can click where I run my feeding program and it turns off any pumps, skimmers, heaters that might wind up overheating once they go dry out of the water. My auto top off turns that off. Anything that you don't want running during a water change, it handles all of that, leaves it off for a while, and then turns it back on after 20 minutes. So if I forget to turn all of that stuff back on manually, it'll say, hey, uh, Brandon was an idiot. Let's take care of that so the tank doesn't die. So it'll either send you an alert or turn it back on manually for you if it's plugged in. Yeah, the macros, they'll do it on their own. There actually is an alert system built into ReefPy for any of your sensor inputs. So you can get alerts for, so say, your like temperature a, went above a certain level, pH below, those kinds of things. So does it send like a message to your phone or an email? Yeah, yeah. It sends an email. And there's also another feature in ReefPy that I, I personally haven't used, but Adafruit, I don't know if you're familiar with the site, but it's a pretty popular electronics hobby site. They have their own ecosystem kind of for smart homes, smart 
smart stuff, basically, that they handle notifications. I don't know if it sends it via text, email, something. But yeah, there, there are multiple different ways it can notify you that something's wrong. So again, Adafruit, just to give you guys a little more background, it's the essentially automation DIY um, mecca site for a lot of different uh, things for people like yourself that love to make their own automation that don't exist yet. So if you want a coffee pot that brews yourself a coffee, you can build your own and connect it to Adafruit so it gives you push notifications to your phone. So what this whole thing does is it allows you to have this awesome controller and then notify everything directly to your phone or even set up like, I believe they have text message controls as well. So Jimmy, that decides that he's going to plug a pump for a while while he's feeding, doesn't plug it back in, would suddenly have an alert on his phone saying, you're an idiot, go plug it back on. That's incredible. I'm just sitting here, I'm just blown away from, you know, because I'm the old guy on the podcast. This stuff just blows me away. Stuff, you know, when he said that it automatically will turn it back on after 20 minutes. I mean, how much money did that just save you because you didn't cook something or the pump didn't go on and something died? But I know the, the question on everybody's lips are, and I'm going to ask it, I'm just, it's, it's, the, it's the bowl in the room here, I'm going to ask it can i connect that to my christmas tree so the lights go on <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that's that's what everybody wants to know i mean you, so you, you can actually run other items like in your smart home like you just said so you think you can eventually have everything in your smart home plus your aquarium all on on the same thing yeah um the limitation of the raspberry pi is that it has 40 input and output pins incredible uh, so you can't necessarily run an entire house factory anything like that off of one pie uh, there are little chips that you can add on and the leviathan board actually does have pca breakout board that can turn one bus into 16 but that starts to get into more advanced stuff but i've talked to people that have got one of the leviathan boards that aren't planning on using it for an aquarium i've talked to one guy that's going to be using it for an aquaponics grow up he has i uh, definitely need to meet up with him at some point is he, is he in colorado on that. uh I, i'm not sure i, I, I don't know <laughs> asking would be colorado. the right decision <laughs> but um yeah i've talked to him it's really cool use for it i know a couple of people that are planning on using it for home brewing uh I, i'm gonna set one of those setups together as well i've got some mead brewing to my right here and kind of worried about how it's going to turn out because there's nothing really monitoring it so probably going to be terrible let's let's talk about the actual leviathan so we talked about the software that does it the software mm-hmm. for the reef pie is what does the controlling and that's already done so it can do all of these alerts off of one software but what right. you did is you essentially made a custom little computer that you call the leviathan it's based off of the raspberry pi we talked about earlier and it's about the size of what uh, i'm trying to see the pictures here there's no banana next to it <laughs> it's the measure. exact size of a standard post-it note, three by three inches. So it's, it's a post-it note little circuit board. And when it's all said and done, what you want to do is build this into a box. And essentially it looks like just so, you know, you can use any color. So we'll say a white box that has, I'm seeing an example here. Yours has eight different power plugs. So that's a total of 16 individual power outlets. Uh, My yeah. question is, when you see this, essentially people will relate this to a power, power strip. strip. Exactly. So when you have something that's plugged in, one of the biggest things that they have is equipment failing. Can you uh, predict equipment that's going to fail or beginning to burn out before it actually burns out? Uh, You know, it doesn't really have a way to monitor that. Uh, I think the only way you'd really be able to do that is for some equipment like a heater or pump that would be drawing fairly measurable amount of amperage. And if you had a way to measure how much current that piece of equipment is drawing over time, you might be able to flag, hey, this piece of equipment is drawing twice the amps it usually is. Something's up. Well, that's yeah, it. there's nothing built into ReefPi to do that. You're going to have to, uh, you know, do a Leviathan 2 to get this out for the next edition. The Leviathan 2. I, I'm definitely building a list of features to incorporate down the road. It's This was a long, drawn-out project, so I don't know how many years down the road a Leviathan 2.0 would be. But I, I definitely want to revisit it at some point once I get some other projects out of the way. Now, Brandon, what is your background? I mean, you have to be pretty smart to put this together the way it looks. I mean, I'm thinking I couldn't do this. There's no way. Uh, well, I went to school for chemical engineering and realized about junior year I hated chemical engineering. <laughs> but I, it's going to get two I, or three years uh, in first before you figure out what yeah. you want to do. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, I did take an elective, uh, Circuits 101. But, um, no, I, I don't hate chemical engineering. It's just nothing I could see myself doing over the long run. It was all very uh, heavy math 
intensive stuff, designing systems, sizing them up, scaling them down, those kinds of things. And I, I'm more of a hands-on person. I like to build and do things myself rather than having someone out in the factory do it. Uh, so the circuit design, those kinds of things really appealed to me. Uh, so I kind of started down that route in my personal time in school. And my first job out of college was at a nuclear research firm. They dealt with nuclear controls. And Wait, wait, the, question. <laughs> yes. Question. Oh, no. oh, here we go. Yeah. So right off the rails. There, there's, there's two famous things, right, for nuclear... Uh, you know, publicity stunts. One was you know, the alert that a nuclear uh, plant was going to go up. Someone clicked the wrong thing, and you know everybody got alerts on their phone. And then the big one was uh, was it a few years back. Someone clicked the wrong button and said there was missiles incoming on Hawaii. Oh yeah. So we're going to blame you now. Just no. <laughs> so we. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> I was only behind the first one. I didn't have anything to do with Hawaii. So yeah, if you'd like to tell us your personal phone number and so we can broadcast it, so everybody could call you and next some something <laughs> bad goes on. Eight six. Do you need that before what? or after my social? Yeah. Well, we need your social security number and your and your first nine digits of your credit card. It's eight six okay. seven five three zero nine. Oh, we should play that one. Right here, Jenny. Jenny, Jenny. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Only so thing. sorry. We interrupted you. Please continue. <laughs> no. Off the rails. Absolutely fine. But no, yeah. He's not. And what I'm doing right now, I'm a, a, I guess, test engineer for Bosch. They have an appliance wing, BSH. So I build and program little automated fixtures for testing their appliances. So a lot of the stuff I've learned through Leviathan helped me get that job. And a lot of the stuff I've learned at work has helped me with what I'm working on in my own time. You're my new best friend. I, I wish I knew you like a month ago because I just bought a new Bosch dishwasher. <laughs> oh, man. And and I sat there to, to hook this thing up. I was, it was like trying to shoot off nuclear submarine missiles or something. It took me quite a while, but I got it put together. And man, the Bosch, if you're out there looking for a dishwasher, this is sponsored by Bosch, by the way. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. But it's, it's the quietest dishwasher I've ever had. And that's their that, that's kind of their thing. It's oh, quiet yeah. dishwasher. It is. They, they are just they are, bounds above the competition. They are the Cadillacs of dishwashers. And I'm at that point in my life where I'm sick and tired of buying the same crap over and over. And when we bought our dishwasher, I said, I don't care what you spend, honey, but I don't want to buy another one in five years. I swear, next Thanksgiving when I'm at your house and I see like a little food chip in the corner, I'm going to call Brandon and harass him. Yeah, like you'll be invited <laughs> next year. <laughs> no, I'll I tell you, it's, it's weird when... Uh, appliance knowledge will come up like that. I ran into an older lady outside of my apartment complex a few months ago, wandering around on a Sunday, just could tell something was wrong. So I kind of asked her, hey, is everything okay? She was headed to our leasing office because her stovetop had been stuck on for hours. And she said, yeah, the, the burners are turning white and the apartment is getting hot and I don't know what to do. I tell her, well, the, Unplug the, it. Yeah. <laughs> the leasing office is closed since it's Sunday, but I, I know a couple things about ovens because that's the division I work in. So I head upstairs, get my multimeter and bag of tools and stuff. And the moral of the story is... ready to go perform is, surgery. Yeah, oh, the, sorry, what was that? Now the moral of the story is you're looking for uh, for new housing. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So tell us the rest uh, of the story. Keep going. Yeah, I was ready to perform surgery on this oven and i get up there and the the knobs on our stoves in the apartment are just they're not very indicative of what mode they're in and she had hers turned 180 degrees thinking it was off but it was pointed towards like medium <laughs> i guess so she and, had them on wide open yes and she she is she was convinced it was off so i, I came to save the day by turning them off so what he's saying yeah, is that was a long tangent it was the most earned Werther's Originals he's ever got <laughs> right. from an old lady for fixing a stove. Those hard strawberry candies are to die for. There you go. All right, so back to the Leviathan. So again, when it's all set up, it looks like a box, essentially, that looks like a power strip. On your yeah. Kickstarter campaign, again, what you're doing is you've created the board to build these on your own. So if someone mm -hmm. wants to take your DIY project, they can buy the, uh, the board directly from you, because again, that's a really easy to use board. And you have all these uh, downloads that you can go in your 3D printer and you can either print off pieces or you can manufacture your own out of wood and it gives you instructions on how to build exactly the controller you're looking for. So if Jimmy's only looking for a heater 
monitor for a couple of accessories, his filter and his light, he can just build that. If uh, yeah. someone like me, I'm going to want water flow, I'm going to want micronutrients, salinity, and maybe the uh, heater. You know, we can just build just what you're looking for and put exactly the money you want into your controller. What if I'm lazy and I don't want to make anything? I just want him to send me one. Then you can go right directly to your Kickstarter campaign. It looks like you still have it up where you have different uh, selections. Can you tell us some about your Kickstarter campaign right now? Uh, yeah, let me pull that tab up. Uh, well, I guess what I'm doing, like you said, there's all sorts of range of where you can back the project, uh, starting at just $14 for the bare board itself. If you know how to solder, I highly recommend that one because uh, really at the end of the day the reason i put leviathan out there is to save people money and time on their reef pie builds the do-it-yourself from scratch build that ranjib uh, recommends on his adafruit guide uh, has you buying five different proto boards from adafruit and that purchase alone is 25 dollars they're not pre-wired set up they're just generic boards with holes and you have to put on hundreds of jumper wires for those or you could get the leviathan board that doesn't have the things on there yet for 14 about half the price and you should see jimmy's face inside the board jimmy doesn't even like cutting glass uh on aquariums he's just looking like man you guys get a lot of time on your hands <laughs> but you, yeah um are you going single? up from there you're single aren't you i'm not you're not he's uh, a my, taken man no, is he a taken man okay he's got that bosch money yeah. That's right. He's that Bosch one. I'm just, I'm just going. Who's letting you yeah. play, play in the playroom too long? I tell you. Yeah, my my wife's in the other room asleep right now. So the the last few weeks have been a little rough with as much time as the Kickstarter has taken up. But I mean, she likes the tank. She she uh, has definitely helped me out a lot with it, cutting wires, sorting out resistors, those kinds of things. But um, yeah, she's. I'm I'm sure she's absolutely sick of hearing about it, but she's definitely really supported me throughout it. Oh, that's fantastic! I'm so, sure I'm sure she's glad that you've got somebody else to talk to now. If you're <laughs> again back to the point, if you're Jimmy, an entire podcast of people. Hey, what what is your what is your your website? Because people are asking, what is it? We'll actually have it in the show notes because it's a Kickstarter campaign right now. I still want to hear who it is. What is it? Yeah, it's um, if you Google uh, Leviathan Aquarium Kickstarter, you'll find it. Uh, the actual URL is kickstarter.com slash projects slash Shriver slash Leviathan dash zero, which I don't expect, expect anyone to type out or spell correctly. We'll have so in yeah, the show either notes. In the show notes or just Googling My Leviathan head. Aquarium Automation. That'll get it. There's a whole bunch of stories on places like Reef Builders or Hackster.io about it, and it'll also take you directly to the Kickstarter page. So I just want to make uh, people know that you don't have to be tech savvy to be interested in this. The, the reason why this is so important is right now you can go to the Kickstarter campaign and there's different pledges that you can do. And you can spend, just for instance, I'm a freshwater guy. He has got different packages available that you can purchase right now for the next seven days, which means that this fine gentleman, Brandon, will build you the entire Leviathan kit and essentially send you a finished product that you would hook up and get running right away. Did you know yeah. that, Brandon? <laughs> I, I I am now told. There you I'm go. Have to get busy. Well, that's yeah. what that's what it says on your website, correct? Uh, someone else must have made that. No, yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> doing those. <laughs> so say goodbye to your wife and get in the get in the shop and start working. Yeah, um, I actually limited those to a hundred because I didn't expect this to grow as quickly as it did or way surpass my goal. And the boards themselves are pretty easy and not time intensive for me to create but the packages they're they're not hard to build it's just a lot of wiring and a lot of time printing the pieces putting them all together that sort of thing someone doing it on their own they can do it in a couple of weekends but me building 50 of them 100 of them it definitely adds up so why this is so important for the community to, to watch and follow along with is not just because you can do a do-it-yourself project to make yourself a very advanced controller, more advanced than you can purchase, but because this is the bleeding edge of where the new aquarium tech is coming out of. It's trying to make it so that you know beginners don't necessarily have to be mad chemists that have learned the wrong way for so many years in the aquarium hobby that they can have a simple system they plug into their aquarium setup to tell them exactly what they need, or at least to the best of their ability, to attempt to help make this easier for a lot of keepers, especially for reefs. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, the board itself makes reef pie 
very easy to get into. Uh, lowers a lot of the barriers of entry there. The time it took to de- design all of it, uh, the cost for all the pieces. It's cheaper to just get this than buying all the pieces yourself. And the technical knowledge needed. Uh, one of the things that will come for everyone that backs the campaign is access to a Google Drive folder, which will have super detailed instructions for setting up from the $14 board all the way to uh, an entire setup like you were saying, building it from the ground up, or just the people that buy one of the pre, pre-wired packages uh, has instructions on how to use it. And it will also have uh, a file they can download so they don't have to go in, learn Linux commands, terminal, figure out how to set all that up. They just download it to their SD card, pop it in, and they're good to go. So certainly check it out. We'll have it in the show notes. You know, maybe we can convince you in the future that after once this is all set up and done, that you can uh, build a completely, you know, in a box product and uh, you know sell it to Bosch, have them make that the uh, best controller yet, beating Apex. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're in the aquarium business yet, but they're you'll, you'll get them then. massive. I'm sure they're somewhere in there. Well, I appreciate it, Brandon. So the next topic we wanted to go into with uh, time con- being a concern, we don't want to talk your ears off all day, but is 3D printing. We get a lot of requests on, you know, do-it-yourself articles. There's, I mean, the most famous fish tuber out there, Joey the King of DIY. He's shown how to make tanks and just has a library of sump information. And it's it's a wonderful wealth of uh, information. But things that really don't get covered is 3D printing. So for those that have never heard of 3D printing, number one, Jimmy, you live in a hole. And shut up. You know, I will explain it to you, Jimmy. This, this, right? is, this is the part of the podcast where I go, I'm going to punch you in the throat. Right. <laughs> Jimmy's like, please explain it to me like I'm five. So for those that are listening, I've never heard of 3D printing. You have a normal printer at your work or your home. You simply click print and you have a piece of paper that's pulled up and ink is pushed onto a piece of paper. That's the simple way of printing. So printing an object is really foreign to people. When you print an object, your printer simply takes a metal needle and exclu- uh, extrudes plastics through it, printing layer after layer, making you an actual tangible object. It's incredible to watch. It's one of the funnest hobbies you can have. And it used to be this DIY project, much like the, uh, you know, Reef Pie, Leviathan. There's plenty of other projects out there that you can see in Adafruit. But now it's commercial. You can just go to a store. They have them at Best Buy. And you can buy yourself a printer ready to go and plug into your computer and use right from the get-go. So some of the recommendations that are out there, if you're looking to get in and try 3D printing for the first time, if you're tech-savvy, there's the uh, Ender 3. It's a really uh, cheap printer. It's $200. These things used to those, be those ten are, grand. I was going to say they're really come down in price. We've talked about this before. It's like the microwave and, from your generation, Jim. That's right. The size of a and bar. Yeah, the Ender Threes, despite the price, they're actually pretty nice printers. And to have a few friends with some, and they're they're a lot better than you'd expect for two hundred for sure. The difference is uh, from like an Ender Three and another printer is you just have to do some setup. They have this, you know, some of the same feature sets. They're a great printer, but if you don't want any hassle and you're not tech savvy at all and you still want a three D print, you can go to a website Robo Three D. And they have fantastic printers for around that, you know, $500 price range up to $1,000. And they're literally add the roll of plastic. It looks like uh, the plastic you put in your weed whip. Like a weed whacker whip. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same type of plastic. So you just simply load in your favorite color, go to your computer, and you can go to a website called Thingiverse. I'm just making sure I get this correct. Thingiverse.com. That's T-H-I-N-G-I-V-E-R-S-E.com. Thingiverse. Right. And it's a library of all of these different 3D designs of everything you can think of that you can print. You can print out Tell them what action you- figures. You can print out uh, you know, a cup holder for your lawnmower there, Jimmy. There we go. You know, So you're talking 200 bucks for a, a, a printer, kind of an entry level probably, I'm, I'm, I'm saying. And we'll say five for <clears throat> one that you don't have to mess with. But anyway, Rob's this weekend made some nice strainers for his bulkhead and to buy them was how much, Rob? Like nine, ten bucks? Nine, ten bucks. And we needed to print about ten or so. And so that's what, a hundred bucks. And you probably printed them all for what, a buck fifty, you thought? Probably less than a quarter. Right. So anyway, here's somebody that just printed all these and they're beautiful. I'm holding one right now. And just to let you know, it does look like the, the design I made looks like a butt plug. I'm going to put it down now. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. I'll have pictures. It's on the Discord. Certainly go to our Discord. It's uh, AquariumGuysPodcast.com, bottom of the website. It's a chat to use. We'll have pictures on there. I actually already posted them. But yeah, so anyway, what's so cool about these is you would have spent about $100 on them. You printed these off basically overnight, and 
you basically spent a hundred dollars or saved a hundred dollars, which you just put towards your printer. You do this a few times and your printer's paid for. You know, when's the last time your printer ever paid for itself? Never. So I've used these for a lot of random objects in the house. Now, some things are definitely cheaper than 3D printing. If you want to do like small little plastic objects, sometimes you go to the dollar store and you'll find a pack of those plastic pr uh, um, items that are a lot easier than just printing. But for these custom items or replacement parts or whatever you can think of, it's a big value. And frankly, you can customize it really easy. They have free customized software where you just simply make it bigger so you can do the correct size you're looking for. Like those bulkheads, they were quite small uh, when I originally uh, tried to manipulate them and I made them bigger for my one inch bulkhead. Right. And then you also made uh, some nice little bio balls for your tank. I was surprised how much media area there is on that thing. So the entire idea with biomedia or bio balls is you want the most surface area possible to be able to collect as much beneficial bacteria growing on those objects. And the stuff that you get purchase. They're decently expensive. You have to pay, you know, 30 bucks for a decent bag of it. And it's not going to be cheaper doing it with 3D printing because each ball is going to take you about 20 minutes to a half an hour to print for each individual ball. And these are about, what, a half inch? Yep. About the size of a Super Bowl. Right. Or a rubber or bouncy ball. Yeah. Yeah. That's a Super Bowl. That's back in the day. That's what we called. Rob didn't have coin machines. He was that generation where oh. they ran out of quarters. Oh, that's right. Because they're all spending their money on, on freaking boys to men well you should hear jimmy he was telling me about how all these times of a jacks at the soda fountain what yeah you know throwing jacks at the soda fountain. God, you, you're it, gonna punch me in the throat i'm I know. gonna punch you in the throat and i'm gonna shove you in a phone booth and i'm gonna throw you off of a cruise ship that's what i'm gonna do to you everything in time but there's a lot of different objects you can print with 3d printing and if you want to get into it again that's the price points for the printer very easy to use plug and play to your computer and there's different types of plastics to use and it's gotten more and more diverse as 3D printing's been going over through the years. But the most common is a t uh, type of plastics like ABS, PLA, nylon. There's a lot of different materials to print from. And I just want to give you guys a quick guide. If you want to print either aquarium decor, accessories, anything you're looking for, we'll give you some ideas of what to print as possibilities, but it's literally endless. But as far as the materials that you can use, it's $20 for, I believe it's a cubic yard of this uh, weed whacking material, the plastic itself. And it lasts forever. So 20 bucks for each color. And you just put the roll right in your printer. And I really recommend using PLA. PLA is, number one, the, one of the cheapest. You can get food safe. And by default, it's, it's food safe. So if you want to you know, print yourself a fork or a plate, you can. And it's dish, most of them are dishwasher safe. Read the label. Either that or ABS is another one. But I want to warn you that if you're going to be using this grade called ABS in a saltwater aquarium like Brandon's, don't do it because the salt water will eventually erode. It's not like fresh. It'll erode Mike, chemicals out of the plastic. Can I chime in on a couple of the PLA things? Yes, sir. Uh, two things on there. One, the PLA is very ubiquitous and really good for a lot of projects, but I actually wouldn't recommend using it in an aquarium typically because it's cornstarch based. And I haven't seen it personally, but I've heard a lot of people that have had PLA prints in a print, er, in an aquarium that will degrade over the span of about six months to a year. So the difference um, between the PLA that he's experiencing and the PLA that I use is having that food safe label. They're all essentially made with a bit of cornstarch in them, but having the food safe grade is how they evaporate and dissolve in a tank. I've had PLA prints that huh. you have the food safe label in my tank for four years without an issue, where okay. I have heard the non-food safe in there. So if you're looking for it and you're really concerned have that food safe label on your on your stuff and then the food safe will cost you probably another six seven bucks on the roll so for food safe pla how does it get around the gaps in there the surface area for something like you're mentioning dishes or utensils or something oh i, I, I don't think it does it still probably okay. has that same surface area but the idea that you can i don't recommend okay. making yourself a plate so when you print that little they're, nozzle they're a nickel at walmart they're a nickel at walmart <laughs> <laughs> Lazy ass. The little nozzle that you have on the 3D printer prints at generally, depending on the dimensions of your printer, a tenth of a millimeter. That's how much the string prints out of the head. So a tiny little string of a uh, print. So when you print these out, you'll feel that it's a rough surface. It feels like it has uh, has an edge and a texture. That's what we're talking about is uh, having that texture to it. So here's a story. Uh, I don't know. Safety warning, right? For those kids listening in, turn this off now. I uh, started getting 3D prints, and, and people wanted custom, you know, can you make a figurine? Can you 3D scan my face and print it? Hey, can you make me this for my shoe? And, of course, one of the naughtier people said, can you make me a personal uh, toy if you're getting my drift? 
And I'm like, well, how could you do that? It has a rough edge. If you're going to use that for a personal item, it will uh, abrase your skin and rub you raw, right? So this what is you way do, too much information. Well, this is important for aquariums, <laughs> yeah. though. So if you're doing a 3D print and it's something's going to rub and you need a smooth surface, you can use two different types of material. One, there is silicone spray. You can get this on Amazon. It's just uh, silicone coating that's a clear coat. It's an aerosol can. Essentially, you get three coats, and it makes it baby butt smooth so, to the touch. Also, like if you're making a toothbrush. Sure. Don't okay. make a toothbrush. Perfect. If you're making a toothbrush, it'd be nice and smooth in your mouth. Okay. I enjoy that. Yeah. Right. So uh, I made these personal toys for adults for these people. Toothbrush. Sprayed it, and it w- apparently uh, was a success. <laughs> I have to choose my vocabulary very carefully here. So if you're wanting to use something like this for uh, that you need something smooth in the tank, like you need a fitting onto a filter and you want to make it smooth certainly look at the silicone otherwise if you're really uh, concerned about toxins you can use food safe epoxy as well and that will make a smooth surface fitting into these tiny tiny grooves in any 3d print okay huh so the ones that you really have to worry about again i mentioned abs you already talked about some of the pla that isn't food safe that can uh, bleach in the water but nylon nylon is Mm -hmm. uh has a lot more flexibility and they use it for a lot of different uh Materials that are going to get hit or moved a lot, like something that's going to get rubbed in some sort of tool set or something. And don't use this for, for your aquarium. Nylon absorbs and will swell in the water. It's not necessarily that it's a toxin issue. It's that whatever you print, it's just going to blow up a little bit and ruin. So don't use it for your personal toys. Don't use it for your personal toys either. All right. I'm, I'm All like right. where you got with that one. I All didn't right. say it. You said it. No, I'm just saying don't use it for your toothbrush. Don't <laughs> Toothbrush. Man, it's gonna a- be HR is going to be down here again. Gonna and we're going to have sticks. We're going to have another meeting, and I'm going to have to pretend <laughs> like I care. Don't make us watch those videos again. Not again. Lord, help me. So some of the things that you can print with the 3D printer that I recommend. I have, in Thingiverse, you can actually save your prints, kind of like Pinterest. It's quite, it's quite nice. So I have in here frag plugs. There's these little, essentially, pedestals you put little frags on. Those you get in bags, they're coral frags. Expensive. You're talking about coral frags correct? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what other frags there are. You said plugs, and it just threw me off And from the previous conversation. I just wanted to clear that up. Why are you holding the butt plug again, (laughs) (laughs) HR, I'm just going to call myself. So some of the other things that you can have is hose adapters. The most common things that I print is when you're in a pinch and you need a hose adapter for airlines, you can make you know, yourself a Y adapter, a X adapter, whatever you're looking for. You can make hinges for aquariums, bulkhead adapters, filter covers. You can make yourself brine shrimp hatcheries. No way. Absolutely. Thanks for making me one tomorrow. See, as I do this, Jimmy's like, I want that. Can you print it for me? We'll just have to get him a 3D printer for Christmas next year. No. Everything in time. You can make the filter media, which I already told you about. Another one is people get these rimless aquarium tops. And they're like, how am I supposed to put a top on it? Well, you can actually get the corner pieces. So you can put a glass piece for a top. You can print out the corner cover holders is what they're called, support covers. Those are nice heater uh, covers. You can actually print sponge filters off of this. We're going to probably do that next time we uh, try to make your square ones. You know, I've, I've got that uh, that rimless aquarium over at my house with the discus in and stuff, and that would be wonderful for you to make me some of those too. Put that on your list of things to do tomorrow. All right, we'll, we'll get on that. Uh, just a couple more to go off the top is the, I think the most common is materials like grates to put plants on. We already talked about how you can use frag plugs, but just putting plants on. So these are essentially flat shelves you can put suction cups on in your aquarium, and they're just mesh grates where you can feed either plants roots through or start a plant off of it. They're really handy for like shrimp beds. There's a lot of cool things you can do. Check it out on thingiverse.com. It's fantastic. Just type in aquarium and start scrolling for days. Yeah, it's there's tons of options. One thing before... We leave the topic. I also want to throw in for the filaments. Have you ever used or heard of PET or PETG? I have. I haven't used a lot of it personally, but there are so many different types. And some of the things that they're doing now, they're even doing wood filament. So you can print wood objects. Now, Jimmy's losing his mind right here. How can you print wood objects? So it's not 100% wood. It's about 50% wood, and the rest is mixed with plastic. But when you print it, it's a sandable, stainable material. I've never used it for aquariums, but I'm assuming you could. It's it's They do have a PLA food-safe version of this wood filament, but I would recommend definitely seal coating that or epoxying that to make sure that you know the wood doesn't rot in your aquarium. Yeah, it just sounds like a terrible idea. I think that so. That is great, though. I have to agree with you. I think Rob's a little bit off base there. I'm actually on a website here that actually shows that people do use it, but yeah, I'm on your guys' page. That sounds crazy. What else you got? Anything that you printed, Brandon? 
Well, uh, all of the pieces that go into Leviathan, the enclosures, the temperature brackets, the float brackets, all of those things I've designed and 3D printed. Anything that's outside of the tank, like the enclosure itself, I print in PLA. And then anything that goes inside of the tank, I use PETG, basically the same material they use for water bottles. So it's it's pretty safe. Uh, one of the things I've really liked that I've discovered I can do is embedding little neodymium magnets into the prints so you can make brackets or like coral frag holders. And instead of having to use suction cups, which end up getting brittle and terrible after a year or two, like they always do, you just have these magnets embedded into your prints. So you can have a piece on the outside with magnets that just clips it on like power heads, basically. That's incredible. Yeah. That is a great idea. I like that. So if there's anything you can come up with, certainly thingiverse.com. Check it out. And uh, if you need help, go to our Discord. I'd be happy personally to help you. I know there's a couple other people in our Discord that certainly 3D print for their aquariums. I've made a lot of different objects, clips, broken pieces for filters. It saved me a lot of money, and I think this bulkhead project really proves it. Nine bucks for these little bulkhead filters. And for those like, what's a bulkhead filter? Or a bulkhead, I should say. It's a hole that you would put in your aquarium or some other vessel with water. Intentionally. You want to put a drain... (laughs) You want to put a drain in, so it's just a plastic cover that allows you to have a drain in your aquarium. So, yeah, to to really simplify it, it's kind of like your bathroom sink. When your bathroom sink gets full to the point because you have have the stopper pulled, and once your your sink is full and it drains out the back through those little slots in your sink, it's basically the same thing as what we're talking about. And so the bulkhead fittings, uh, if you're to buy the strainer and the bulkhead fittings, you're talking $15 to $20 per tank. Rob's doing 9, 10 tanks down here. He was able to buy the bulkheads, but he wanted to save a little bit of money, which I don't blame him, make his own uh, filters, and he saved himself 100 bucks, and they were done overnight. Each one of those bulkheads, and they're what, what are you looking at them, what? Two, two and a half inches a piece. What's that? The bulkhead covers that I just uh, set next oh, to Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That took about two hours and 20 minutes a piece. And the thing is, is you can set it up to, to print overnight. You go to bed at 10 o'clock at night and get up at 7 o'clock in the morning and they're all done. They're all sitting there ready for you to go. It beats Amazon shipping. You go on there, you have to wait two days. Now I just have to wait two hours. <laughs> Screw Amazon. There we go. Let's make them mad too. Oh boy. So before there we leave. another potential sponsor. Yeah, there's. That's okay. We don't need any stinking sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Joe's Shrimp Except Shack. Except for Joe's Shrimp Shack, yeah. Use promo no code Aquarium, guys, to check out. Yeah, I guess we'll be editing that out. Before I leave you guys, if there's anybody that's missing a finger, you know, <laughs> this sounds weird. If anybody's missing a finger. Or have the coronavirus. I have 3D print models to have a finger replacement, like a prosthetic, and I've been trying to find someone to test this with, my 3D printing modeling skills. So if you are missing a finger, contact us uh, at our website, AquariumGuysPodcast.com. I would love to print and send you a finger. I just want to say, I just read an article about a company that's, that's, that stood up and did the right thing. There was somebody that could not afford a artificial leg. And because my mom had some health problems, she ended up losing both her legs. She had artificial legs. They're about $10,000 a piece, and they don't fit well. And anyway, uh, long story short, this, these people... Uh, had set up their 3D printer and they printed off these legs for this little girl and it made national news and it was enough to make you cry. And uh, this little girl uh, came in into their shop and they did some measuring uh, with different things and uh, she came back like three days later and had these legs done for her on 3D and they looked almost real and uh, they worked fantastic. And I think they said the whole cost was like $37.50 if I remember right. Wild. You know, and so, and they're also doing 3D. There's some companies now that are setting up for uh, third world countries. They're setting up these huge 3D printers and they're printing small homes. So if yeah, anybody thinks that... Concrete printers. Right. If anybody yeah. thinks that Jimmy isn't in touch with some technology, you have another thing coming. Oh, yeah. I, I, I follow, I read, I can read articles, you know, nonstop. You look at me like I can't read, you dumb dumb. <laughs> God. Well, Brandon, you got anything else for us, buddy? I think that's it. Yeah. Oh. This has been... Great. Thank you for having me. <laughs> this has been great. This has been an experience. Yeah, <laughs> That was the big question mark at the end, wasn't it? Yeah, is that, yeah. try that again. That's been fantastic. How about you, Adam? Got anything for Brendan? Adam's always got questions. Well, okay, so here's one of my questions. The food grade and the food safe plastics that you guys use in your aquariums, how does that go for the lights? Because I know that if you have like regular lighting on plastic or the UV lighting, especially for reptile tanks, it really ruins the plastic fast. Does this plastic that you put in the aquarium get damaged by the lights? 
as far as I know, PLA is pretty sensitive to UV exposure and is uh, prone to being brittle after that. That is but correct. But I don't think PETG has that problem. I don't know for sure about ABS because I've never personally printed with it. Uh, PLA is definitely vulnerable to it. I've had, again, like I said, those pieces in my aquarium for three four years and over a light they get they get brittle they don't have the flexibility they had but they still maintain if i've had it in there for four years it literally acts as though it's any other type of plastic and it's the same issue but yeah, yeah the just... uh the pet g i've uh does not have that issue although i've, I've had issues where they have some pet g that leaks over to the water uh, into the water it so le- again it leaches in make sure whatever filament you're buying that you're making sure it's food safe oh yeah that's definitely a number one but priority. Yeah, it just acts like any other plastic in the tank, so absolutely affected by UV. So I got a quick question. Is there anything that's based on these type of um, things for your 3D printer? Is there anything that's like silicone based at all? Is that something that, because I know like my silicone airline tubing lasts a heck of a lot longer than my regular airline tubing. And that's what I've switched to over in my home. I just like the silicone a lot better because it's, it's still soft after two, three years. Is there anything like that? I think I think the closest thing I've seen to silicone for a 3D printer is a material called TPU. I know a brand I've used that I really like is called Ninja Flex, where it's not quite as bendable and flexible as silicone. You beat me to the punch. It's, it's very squishy. So... To, I like squishy. To give you an example, you remember <laughs> back in the day they had what called like those iPhone jelly condoms? It was basically like those little, those rubbery, floppy uh, cell phone covers. Exactly why are you, why are you looking right. at me like I know what I'm, like I know what you You remember like about. all those kids had those like rubbery co- covers they put on their iPhones? Oh, okay. Sure. That's, it's that same soft jelly Before material. they had Otter. Right, before they had Otter boxes. Incredible. You guys just are a wealth of information. Absolutely. We're here for you, Jimmy. Thank you. He'll read about us in a paper someday. Yeah. In the wanted <laughs> section. I was going to say exactly. Well, know. at least Brandon. I mean, he works for Bosch. Yeah. It, up until they hear this until podcast, the law catches up with yeah. you. Right? The law catches up with you. We'll talk about that off 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 air. Oh, that was before air, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up, though. No. Anything else for me, Adam? Any chance you can add? Is there any safe plastics that you could add to your UV printer that you could print off glow in the dark stuff for your glow in the dark betas? Yes, and that's exactly printed for my bulkheads because I had some extra glow in the dark that was food safe. There is most glow in the dark is uh, can be not food safe, but the glow chemical is supposed to be non-toxic. Just make sure it's food safe. But mine works. I've used glow in the dark stuff all the time, actually on purpose so I can get algae to grow, ironically. <laughs> okay. So I know what your question is next, Adam, is is like when Rob is making these personal things for people, do they use glow-in-the-dark? Yes. I'm assuming <laughs> they did. So you don't lose your toothbrush. And they generally engrave names into it, which is even creepier. Yeah, because, you know, in case you leave Not it their on, own. If you leave it in, in the bus stop or whatever, you know, you just want to make sure you get your toothbrush back. Mine says Jim Colby. <laughs> Great. Please put my phone number and address on it, you dickwad. Yeah, it's, it's like a dog name tag in case you lose it, they'll call you back. <laughs> hey, I found your... Yeah. Personal toy. All right. We'll see you at the HR meeting tomorrow morning. All right, guys. Well, thanks for the podcast. Thank you, Brandon. And uh, again, you got feedback, email us, call us, AquariumGuysPodcast.com. Thanks again for your support. And share this with a friend, darn it. Podcast out. Bye. Thanks, guys, for listening to this podcast. Please visit us at AquariumGuysPodcast.com and listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and anywhere you can listen to podcasts. We're practically everywhere. We're on Google. I mean, just go to your favorite place, Pocket Casts, subscribe to make sure it gets push notifications directly to your phone. Otherwise, Jim will be crying in his sleep. Can can I listen to it in in my treehouse? In your treehouse, in your fish room, even alone at work. What about my man cave? Especially your man cave. Yeah. Only if Adam's there. No. With feeder guppies. No. No. They're endless. You midget loving sucking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll see you next time. <laughs> Later.